0: doing this solo one more time because it is difficult to record and coordinate everything from florida so one more solo one we'll have a guest on next week but for now good afternoon It is the podcast to be named later here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf. My time in Florida is is coming to a close here. Gerard Garbalto, the new new, uh, guy who's going to be doing the Pirates beat with me. We're going to be crossing ships for a couple days down here. Then I'm heading up north. Gerard's going to take it from, you know, here on out. But... I I feel like I should leave before I leave for good. I got a couple more days here since I'm recording. It's not to sound over, you know, melodramatic. But there are a couple players that I just want to get, you know, some thoughts out there. Just here we go. And as I was trying to form out a way to do this, the guys I really wanted to talk about the most are the guys who probably aren't going to make the opening day rotation. Ben Charrington hinted that the Pirates might use a six-man rotation. If they don't, he likes the idea of having six starters on the team. That basically was a roundabout way of talking about Trevor Cahill, and if Trevor Cahill is going to be a starter, if he's going to be a long guy out of the bullpen, if he's just going to be an innings eater. However you want to view Trevor Cahill... I mean, if if the Pirates really wanted to be objective with a sixth man in a rotation, you would want one of the young prospects that you required probably to get those starts. But it, it's got to be Trevor Cahill because Cahill's not here for the long run. Cahill can bounce between the rotation and bullpen without any long-term ramifications. You need a guy like that just to eat innings on this staff. So whenever you have him, Anderson, Cool, Keller, Brault, That leaves like one opening day spot in the rotation, maybe. And you have to imagine Brubaker is the front runner there just because he did it last year. The Pirates like him. If it is Brubaker, I mean, Brubaker's been the guy who's actually been making the starts. And Shelton was up front saying just because you make the starts doesn't mean that, you know, or if you don't make the starts, I guess I should say, if you don't make the starts, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be a starter. So someone like Will Crow has always been the second guy out of the bullpen, but he's being considered as a starter as well. But the fact that Baker has been the one to go through the full starter routine pretty much says everything that you need to know. He is the guy who is the front runner there. I would be kind of surprised if it isn't Baker as the fifth starter at this point anymore. So that leaves poor Miguel Yajure, Will Crow, and and I'm going to talk a little Cody Ponce here also because those were the th- four guys along with Brew Baker that I wrote a piece this off season about you know that fifth starter spot and I and I know whenever I rejected my opening day roster I was kind of bullish on Yajure because I heard so much good stuff about Yajure. And seeing him in action, I know he got kind of roughed up in that second inning on on Sunday. There's so much to like about your hurry. The motion is smooth. The mechanics don't have a hitch in them. He is the type of guy who probably could ramp it up to 95, 96. But it's not worth it if it's going to come at the cost of those mechanics. He takes care of the arm. The stuff spins. It really spins. And that's why, you know, at 92, 93, he could throw it around the zone. That's a really good sign for a young starter in general. He likes how his breaking ball has been, his curveball. And you know what, seeing that in action, it's easy to see why. The cutter, slider, whatever you want to refer to it, it can move horizontally. The changeup has gotten some good results so far. There's a lot to like about Miguel Yajure. Here's a guy who, at this time, three years from now, he's just going to be a part of the rotation. Not even three years from now. It might be even, you know, this midseason where he's just part of the rotation and that's it. I don't see Miguel Yajure getting optioned to AAA twice is the roundabout way of saying it. Of, yeah, he's probably not going to make the opening game team, but whenever he's a Pittsburgh Pirate, he's a Pittsburgh Pirate. That's it. Burn the Indianapolis Indians gear at that point. You don't need it anymore. Another guy is Will Crow who, I'll be honest, I'm not alone for this, but whenever the Josh Bell trade happened, everyone wanted to know about Eddie Yeen. Eddie Yeen is the guy who is developing, both in terms of his stuff and, you know, just his physical build, a big-time pitcher, a guy who could be, you know, a force in the Pirates' rotation and be part of that next wave of pitching alongside Priester, Wojcicki, Malone, Whoever, whomever the Pirates take first overall with rocker or lighter. A lot of good stuff there. And Will Crow was kind of just a major league-ready guy. You know, someone who can maybe make some starts along the way. Fill out your rotation for now. Maybe go to the bullpen at some point. But here's the deal. This isn't the Will Crow the Pirates traded for. This is an improved Will Crow, both in terms of just actual stuff and mentality. I, I put this in insider. like Will Crow has seen a significant spike in fastball spin since th- this spring, something kind of unexpected. His slider, and he not only that, he's putting it in a spot that will let his slider play well. The two pitches are tunneling more. That's something that they're working on, he and Oscar Marine. It it looks like it's working. And he has a different mindset of how he wants to use those pitches. He wants to throw the slider more early in the count. And that's something that the more data that we look on it, I mean, whenever we hear, you know, throw your slider more, we assume (laughs) that it means, oh, it's just, you know, you, you use it more whenever you have two strikes, or you spread it out more. No, this is a case of use your slider more, use it to steal a strike early in the at-bat. Don't worry about throwing fastballs early. I think that's something that someone like Joe Musgrove struggled a bit with, where Musgrove had this great slider and great uh, curveball, but it wasn't until later last year that he started throwing them earlier in the counts instead of just kill pitches to get strikeouts. Will Crow does not have Joe Musgrove stuff. I'm not going to pretend that he does, but what he does have is a mentality that it took Joe Musgrove almost three full seasons with the Pirates to finally adopt. It wasn't until that last month that Joe Musgrove finally pitched it the way Joe Musgrove probably should, and what did he do? Oh, he had a great, great month. That's why the Padres went out of their way and gave up so many prospects to acquire him. Crow has tools. And for the first time, it really looks like he's trying to have the stuff play off one another. He's talked about pitching more with a plan, pitching more with confidence, pitching more with a game plan. Have your stuff play off of one another, the tunneling, the I threw a slider here. Now let's throw a change up there so they don't expect the break or they expect the break and it doesn't happen. A lot of good stuff. From a coaching standpoint there. And if Will Crow is the type of guy who could be coached up. That's an intriguing person to put in this rotation. Because the only person really in this opening day rotation. Who could be part of the rotation for a couple years from now. Is Keller. And if by some chance you hurry. Makes the opening day rotation. I don't see that happening. But those are basically it. Crow, if this is the sign, right now a lot of people coming into the season saw him as like a fifth starter, but a couple years ago they saw him as a middle reliever. Not a middle reliever, middle of the rotation starter. If he could gravitate back towards that because he now knows how to use his stuff, watch out. The third guy I want to talk about, and this isn't as, <laughs> as long, because we know Cody Ponce. We know what Cody Ponce has. Cody has... Those mid-90s fastballs that he can pepper around the zone, they can break in different ways. He's got the four-seamer, he's got the sinker, he's got the cutter. All of them get good spin, good movement. With Cody, it's more a case of, is it time? Not in 2021. 2021. Not in 2021, to answer my own question before I even ask it. Not in 2021, but maybe 2022 or whenever, you know, things get started. But at what point do you really look at Cody Ponce objectively as a reliever? He could still stick as a starter. He could be, you know, the swing man, the fifth starter. But he has a couple tools that really seem to play better if you see it once. And when you look at what your hurry has done in camp and what Crow has done in camp and you think, well, you know, they might be parts of the rotation going forward. Plus all those other prospects that the Pirates have coming up in a couple years. I, I'm i higher on Cody Ponce than most people, than most prospect evaluators. You're not going to see a lot of you're not going to go on Baseball America and see Cody Ponce, you know, top 20 prospect, top 30 prospect, and I I wouldn't say top 20, but I think this guy can make major league starts under normal circumstances. I think this rotation is really going to be just filled to the brim with so much young talent that I don't know what Cody can do from that point on. (laughs) gonna take a quick break whenever we come back we're gonna talk some hitters to even things out Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf. Talked a lot about pitchers who probably aren't going to make the opening day team. Let's talk some hitters. And this is a good yin and yang because for the most part, I haven't been too impressed with what I've seen out of the hitters. And that goes most of all for the hitting prospect. I mean, the hitting prospect, besides Cabrian Hayes, because he is the guy. But the guy who, depending on how you feel about Nick Gonzalez, you know, two or three there. O'Neill Cruz has just been bad. Like, really bad. Gregory Polanco gave a, a very nice thought, you know, in an interview not that long ago. Where he's like, you know, I'd I'd like to see O'Neill play, you know, the outfield in the in the majors, and basically gave that endorsement of, hey, let's bring him up now. And yeah, those two are close, and it's a nice thought, but no, O'Neill Cruz has proven nothing. That besides that, he needs some more time in the minor leagues. Like last year, his spring wasn't otherworldly. We're not talking twenty nineteen Cabrian Hayes or Matt Haig back in the day, but he had a good spring. He showed the raw power. He he went deep a couple times. And this year an infield single is basically it for him. Lots of pop-ups, lots of whiffs, lot of bad swings. This has just been a bad spring for O'Neal Cruz. And yes, we're talking about a sample size of about 20 at bats. So I'm not every hitter's gonna go through this at some point in their career. That's just how it is. You have a bad couple of weeks. And you don't even really, in Cruz's case, here in spring training, you don't even get a whole lot of starts to try to dig yourself out. There's a lot of, well, you get a couple of bats here, you come in mid-game the next day. A lot of stuff around that, but, you know, he's just not looked comfortable at the plate. He hasn't looked good at shortstop. The more I see him at shortstop, the more I don't want to see him at shortstop. He is going to be an outfielder. The Pirates put him out there for a little bit, and I don't know if they're just trying to, you know, protect the kid's feelings, as psyche, or if they truly are living in this state of borderline denial that he could actually play shortstop at the Major League level for anything more than just a tad of time. But this guy isn't a major league shortstop. He's an outfielder. He's gotten a little taste of it. Just basically fielding the position. He hasn't actually gotten a whole lot of time to, you know, field. (laughs) Get those fielding opportunities that come with it. I mean, he's done drills. He's done stuff like that. That's good. But the last couple appearances he's had, he's been back at shortstop. And it's... Interesting. I thought maybe that was a product of, you know, Cole Tucker and Kevin Newman being on the shelf, but no, both of them are back and he's still chilling at shortstop working out there. That missed backhand that he had against the Yankees was particularly bad because it was a, it was a difficult play, but it's the type of play a shortstop needs to make. And if a shortstop can't make it, they don't play shortstop in the major leagues. And I'm not one of those guys that, oh, he made one mistake, throw him out there, but get him out of there. But there comes a point. He has the arm. I get the people who say just move him the first base. He's six foot twenty. You know, <laughs> just give this huge target for your infielders. But no, the arm's too strong. You don't waste that at first base. Maybe in an ideal world he'd actually play third base, but um that position is taken care of. Don't have to worry about third base for years to come for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that leaves the outfield. It's going to be an interesting experiment whenever the... whenever It inevitably happens whenever he's in AAA. He's going to get more reps there. There just is no other way around it. Especially since Cole Tucker is probably going to be going to AAA at this rate. And I know Cole isn't a prospect. He's been around. He did a whole year on the roster last year, but that was 60 games. And then he spent part of a season in 2019. The first half of it, he was just not ready for the major leagues. And I don't mean that as a criticism. It was just he wasn't ready for the major leagues. He had less than a month of AAA. And then injuries happened. He was called upon. It was a tough situation. I thought, given the circumstances in 2019, the kid held his own. I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't even that particularly good. But he was slightly above replacement level last in 2019. And once you consider, you know, the fact that he had his playing time messed with, he didn't have a whole season in AAA, all that stuff, it's like, you know what? Take it. It's a learning experience. Not the best foundation to build off of one, but you could certainly do worse. Build off of that in 2020, he didn't. And part of that might have been because, you know, he was going to the outfield, and folks, that's a lot harder than people give it credit for. That is a tough thing to do, especially as you play more and more out there. It's a different wear and tear on your body. So I'm even willing to flush most of 2020, you know, results-wise. But mechanically, the swing, he's a tall lanky dude, and you know, sometimes that, sometimes that lankiness just leads to ugly swings, mechanics that aren't repeated, and you know what, that that's what he was talking about coming into camp, you know, that's what he really worked on this offseason, trying to repeat his mechanics, make sure that his body is in a, like a more athletic position, able to drive the ball more, all good stuff, all good stuff, it's it's good to see that he's able to identify that's what he needs to work on because Cole Tucker is a hard worker. Guys don't, you know, try to learn the outfield in a matter of like a couple weeks before the season starts. If they're not, you know, dedicated, work hard. I mean, there's a lot about Cole Tucker that the Pirates would love nothing more for him to be like a, big part of this next team going forward. He's going to have to hit to do it. And yeah, he had the thumb contusion. And for, it kind of did him dirty. He didn't get a whole lot of reps. And when he was on the sideline, Kevin Newman, boy, Kevin Newman has looked good this spring. Not just because of the results, But because he's driving the ball to all fields, he looks confident. He looks a lot more relaxed. This looks like 2019 Kevin Newman. Eric Gonzalez also. I mean, say what you want about Eric Gonzalez. I can't exactly give my endorsement for him being seriously considered for the starting job. But he has played well this spring. And you know you're going to, at the very least, get good defense out of him. So, Cole has options. He is behind two people in a competition, and both of those people are playing really well, and he hasn't played much. It's tough. He's not in a good position right now for that, and maybe if he was still being considered as an outfielder, maybe something happens, but the Pirates want to keep him at shortstop in the middle infield, and at this point, you can't blame him. Uh, besides that, just hasn't really been that impressed with a lot of the young kids so far results wise I mean what he could do it's spring training results, like Mason Martin, he showed some of the raw power on Monday, have seen it a little bit in batting practice and game a couple you know long fly balls, long fouls, still need to see the glove, still need to see him actually. You know, get on base enough because right now, what we know about Mason Martin is he has this incredible, truly outstanding power tool, but he has to, you know, develop as a ballplayer everywhere else. That's going to be the difference between him being, you know, an everyday major league first baseman or Brad Eldred. Which one of these two is he going to be? Uh, Kanan Smith Nijigba, first spring. Hasn't exactly looked great in doing it. It's it's just what it is. A lot of these guys, I I couldn't name. I'm not going to get all negative though. Like Rodolfo Castro, my goodness. I know we're seeing some him being raw with the glove, and yeah, he, he needs to get on base more too. But there's some raw power there. There's some true raw power there, and I, I talking to a a buddy of mine who's in the industry, he said. That his best comp was a uh, Jonathan Scope for him, and I really like that comp. I think that's a really good comp for what Rodolfo Castro could be as a ball player. Uh, Troy Stokes Jr. My goodness, he, guy who I know the Pirates claimed off waivers, but I personally didn't, you know, put a whole lot of stock in coming in thinking he was going to do that much. He has had a fantastic spring, just fantastic. Shown the power, shown some speed, showed some field work. He's not going to make the roster, but if he keeps hitting like this in Indianapolis and at the alternate sites, I, I think the Pirates might have some their next guy up in the outfielder department. If if someone gets hurt, or you just need to make a move, I mean, a lot of good stuff out of him this spring. So it's not all doom and gloom for the hitters, but it's for the two guys who are are both shortstops. In name, at least for Cruz, kind of a disappointing spring. I think a lot of people, including on the parts, I would have loved nothing more for Oniel Cruz just to play his way into serious roster consideration. Not saying it was going to happen. I mean, Ben Charrington, talking to him, said you always have to be wary of guys just you know having a couple good weeks, a good month, and all of a sudden people want to move them up, but. I kind of had the feeling that a good month for O'Neal Cruz, if he doesn't make the opening day roster, it would certainly expedite his time in the minor leagues. Hasn't really done that. He's going to need a little more time here. He's probably going to spend at least the first half of the season down there. Cole Tucker might be down there until another opportunity presents itself in the major leagues, whenever that may be. And that might not be... For a while if Kevin Newman keeps hitting the way he is. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. One of these days I will learn how to end a segment more naturally than that. But for now, that's good enough for now. Be sure to subscribe. Get all of our great shows here on DK Sports Radio. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk again next week.